We all love Cadillac Williams, but what he's done as a coach over the last 12 months, it's pretty special. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us for a little Ferg Friday action, Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, putting content out directly into your email inbox pretty much every single morning. And one thing, Ferg, that you put up, Earlier this week, in response to Auburn landing four-star running back, Fat Burnett, Jamarian Burnett, whatever you want to call him. But giving a nod to Caddy, giving a nod to Carnell Williams, because he goes out and gets his guy again. Yeah, and this has been one of the more impressive coaching jobs I think we've seen from a position coach at Auburn in a while, because Cadillac Williams not only did he do all the great stuff he did as an interim in the month of November, but he stays on board and then just picks up right where he left off. And, and you, you've got a position group. I, you know, I, I think Auburn's running backs are going to be the strength of their offense. Um, you know, yeah. even without tank Bigsby, it's a really good room. Jarquez Hunter, uh, Damari Austin, you're going to add Jeremiah Cobb into it. Brian right. Batty is going to bring you a different dimension. Then you go and get fat Burnett. And this is going to be a really, uh, strong running back room for years to come because Auburn at running back is doing something that I think a lot of schools want to do with their quarterbacks is like get a great one each year and just keep funneling them through. Now, Cadillac's thought about wanting to get two guys uh, th- this year uh, in the running back room. That'd be huge, obviously, take it to the next level. But the stat I found that was interesting is since Cadillac Williams came on board for Auburn, uh, he has had uh, a blue chip running back signed in four out of five years. Um, there's only 12 teams in the country that have done four in the last five. There's only four that have done it in five out of five. And the only thing keeping Auburn from being in that five out of five room is that Jarquez Hunter was very much underrated. And obviously Auburn was going through a big coaching change during that, during the COVID year, during yeah. all the recruiting, recruiting stuff as well. So, I mean, you could make the argument that you know, uh, Cadillac Williams is a top five running back recruiter in college football. Uh, and then the, and then the numbers speak for themselves, uh, when it comes yeah, to the, the production, the irony of Jarquez Hunter being the one that's statistically holding him back is hilarious because yeah, the, I think we all look at Jarquez Hunter. And he's like, he may be the best one, you know, after this season, he's gonna be set up for such a prime situation for yesterday. Daryl and I, we shared our five winners so far of spring. Mm-hmm. And one of mine was Jarquez Hunter, not because anything Jarquez Hunter has done, but because he's getting the benefit behind this newly revamped offensive line. I mean, he could have a huge 2023. You look at Jarquez Hunter. I don't expect the the yards per carry to be the, the same amount if he is the lead back. But keep in mind, last season, he had the best yards per carry uh, of any Auburn running back. Uh, with at least 100 touches in a season, you got to go all the way back to Brent Fullwood the last time you had somebody, and that was, that was back in the 80s for all. Mm. So, you know, th- this is an elite type of production that we've seen from him, uh, and it's a group that I think should be really, really good. Damari Austin, I think, is going to be a guy that um, gives you good, um, you know, touches, maybe a handful of them a game. Brian Batty, 
not only is he going to give you a ton, I think, in the kick return game, yeah. but he can be so, you know, the versatility with him is going to be uh, pretty big. And then you get Jeremiah Cobb coming in in the summer, and all that Jeremiah Cobb did in high school was just run for a billion yards uh, at Montgomery Catholic. And so you, you got Fat Burnett coming in as well, uh, you know, if he signs, you know, next season. And like, that's, it's just a steady flow. Um, and well, yeah, uh, Hunter was the only guy who wasn't a blue chip out of that group, but they thought they had a diamond in the rough with him. And sure enough, he, he's proven that the first two seasons of his career. Yeah. So they've nailed it. They've nailed it. So do you think, do you think every, all four of these guys are going to be happy? Jarquez, Damari, Bad T, and then obviously with Cobb coming in, are all four of them going to be happy going into 2023? Because I still think it's it. I mean, they brought Bad T in to fill a role, right? And yeah, I don't right. know if we're exactly positive what that role is. I think he's definitely going to be relevant in the return game. We'll see how relevant he is as a running back. I, I think he's going to be. But, mm -hmm. you know, if he's the second back or even if he's the third, like who's the other one, right? Like, is it Damari? Do they redshirt mm -hmm. Cobb? He seems too good to redshirt. Like, how they handle that situation is going to be interesting. And I don't know how all four of them could be happy in theory. I think you want to have at least three guys who can be a quote unquote like between the tackles downhill, your guy at running back that's good in case anybody gets hurt. That's good in keeping everybody fresh. I mean, you, you go back to to some of the best running attacks that Auburn's had over the last decade or so. Right. You see a lot of those kind of not a not a super like it's not like Georgia or Alabama those years where they had like four guys all average seven carries a game, but you know, you have that rotation. And I do think Batty is one of those guys that is going to give you just a different dimension because he can his speed is so good and he's not uh, now he can run between the tackles better than I think people will give him credit for just because of his size but he is not a guy that you're going to say hey you're going to be our twenty carry a guy guy no you're going to probably do a lot of different things and get you out in space and try to try to sling it around but um, yeah no I think I think you can easily come up with 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 a system. Where yeah. these guys are all, you know, kind of happy and, and 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 plugged in. I think you go back to last season, you had Tank Bigsby, you had Jarquez Hunter, but you still found a way to get get, get Damari Austin the ball in his hand some. So I mean, I think it, it is definitely possible, especially in an offense that is going to want to play fast and, and spread the wealth. Um, you're going to be able to kind of move some things around. I think a little bit better. One dynamic of bad tea that I thought was interesting is I was talking to some of the defensive players after last week's scrimmage, and the defensive line and linebackers at times were getting frustrated because bad T disappears behind the offensive line. Yeah. And it's hard to tackle somebody that you can't see. And then by the time you see him, if he's outside of you, like you're not going to catch him. And so the, if you're used to having to tackle Jarquez and tackle Damari and tackle Cobb, then a change of pace guy comes in. Yeah. I mean, as an Auburn person, it's hard not to have flashbacks back to Corey Grant and Ontario McCaleb, right? I mean, it's hard not to. I don't think he's going to have that type of speed that those guys had. But just as far as changing the pace and as a defensive guy, and I say this all the time, college athletes, you want them to make decisions and think over and over and over again pre-snap. And when you do that, when you change your personnel out, it's an extra thing you've got to pay attention to. I think over the course of 60 minutes, it wears you down. Yeah, and Betsy is a guy that played at a played on a bad team last year at South Florida. But you yeah. go back and look, he had he had a fantastic game against Florida. Um, you know, he's got some big numbers against some teams that aren't <laughs> quote unquote bad teams. Um, so right. it's not him and Rivaldo Fairweather are kind of those guys where you bring them in and 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 you you see, okay, can they make that step up? 
you look at their numbers last season, like, yeah, you can definitely see where, where, where they can make it. And they both bring a new dynamic, a new dimension to their mm-hmm. respective rooms. Like Auburn's running back room was pretty good and was going to be pretty good, but you get something different with Brian Batiste. Same thing with the tight end room. A lot of experience, a lot of depth. Revolta Fairweather just gives you an added dimension, and that's why that's why you work in transfer portal. Sure. Right. Right. Okay, let's talk about another newcomer, Keldrick Falk, the lone five-star in this year's recruiting class. How productive can he be, and how big of a market share will he have of the snaps at the Jack linebacker position? We tell you, coming up right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Obviously, the Final Four is here, and you want to get in on the action, and there's no reason not to, because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Bet $1,000, guys. There's nothing to lose here. You get $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today. Once again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Keldrick Falk does not look like a freshman, an early enrollee freshman. That is a special, special young man who Auburn found and got the flip from Florida State, and he's got a chance, like Kay and Lee, I think, to start as a true freshman and be an incredible player to start off this Hugh Freeze era at Auburn. Yeah, I mean, this is this is exactly what you needed. Um, when you lose Derek Hall and you lose uh, Echo Leota and you lose Colby Wooden, um, Auburn's Auburn's pass rushes. Let's throw Marcus a, Bragg in there too. Marcus I was Bragg, yeah, with him last year. I, I, obviously, Marcus Bragg. I mean, you're having you're having to kind of rebuild your your pass rush from scratch, and it's going to be tough uh, for Auburn to do that. But at least they have a guy like Keldrick Falk that I think is a very impressive player. Um, last week, I remember watching the Jacks on on, and I've said it a couple of times, written it a couple of times. They're on the sleds. And he hits that thing, and it just turns sideways. It just—I <laughs> mean—and he's huge, like you said. This is a guy who's six-six, uh, you know, uh, two seventy-five. Uh, that's that's a monster, and he's you know supposed to still be in high school right now. But uh, Caldrick Falk, I think when you hear guys like Jeffrey Ambos say, "I don't remember him losing a one-on-one this year," when you hear Jeremy Garrett's like, "Dude, that guy's going to be special," y'all just wait. It, it it it's a lot of talent and a lot of things that jump off the page, but you got to keep in mind, pass rushing for for a true freshman, usually in college football, it takes you a little while to get going. You know, you know, you, it's hard to be it's hard to be Will Anderson right off the bat. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. I went back and looked at it in the in the um, newsletter we wrote this week. Since 1996, which is as far back as we can go with with you know really detailed stats from Auburn. Um, only five freshmen have ever recorded at least four sacks in their first seasons. Three of those guys were redshirt dudes. The only two true freshmen were uh, Leonardo Carson and then Carl Lawson. Okay, mm. so if you look at Carl Lawson, five-star, one of the best guys at his position. You look at the SEC last season, um, you, you had uh, Harold Perkins and Michael Williams both get more than four sacks in the SEC as freshmen. Those are the only two guys that got more than four sacks. What did both those guys have in common? They were top 10 players in the country coming out of high school. So, like, Dallas Turner was this way two years ago for Alabama. Like, usually, if you say, oh, this guy comes in and is immediately just a monster yeah. in pass rush, it's usually somebody who was supposed to be a really, really highly rated guy. Now, Keldrick Falk is near that area, not quite 
that you know consensus all all the way across the board five star those other guys were but um he does have a uh, kind of a kind of an edge early on in, in talent it's just you know i want auburn fans to get excited about keldrick uh, falk he's gonna be a good player there's yeah. there's a lot of excitement around him however don't expect this dude to come in and just start tearing people apart in the in in, in the sacks right off the bat just it's it's really hard for freshmen to do that right away in, in, in college football but it's also hard for freshmen to get like a massive opportunity as Very well. Good point. Yeah. And so, I mean, he's coming into like a perfect situation for him to see the field quickly mm-hmm. because it's like, it, even if he's not the starter and it's Elijah McAllister, like those are really the only two jacks people are talking about, which yeah. kind of makes you wonder, you know, how much, you know, is Dylan Brooks going to be able to like really solidly crack the rotation? You know, I, I'm curious to see how all that fits together, but I think he will have more opportunities than most freshmen will yeah. just because of the nature of the roster right now. Yeah, th- that's absolutely true. And I think those guys that I talked about, like Perkins and Williams earlier, and obviously Carl Lawson, those guys were out on the field because they had those opportunities because they were so good. And I think right. Falk is going to have that kind of combination of talent and opportunity ahead of them. I also think that, you know, Auburn is, if anybody who is a, a legit, you know, well-regarded pass rusher goes into the portal in May, I think Auburn's going to go after him. There's a few positions where it's just like, I think they're going to just move heaven and earth to try to get somebody there. Um, because even if you like fog and even if you can get some stuff from, from Elijah McAllister and some of those guys like Brent Williams has had a good spring where you can just, you can just get reps. You can get opportunities yeah. for those guys. You, you still would love to have an established or at least somebody who's, who's done it before. Uh, but man, I mean, you, you get them for at least three years, Auburn fans. And, and he looks, he looks the part. He looks the part early on um, because, you know, there have only been a handful. Uh, you know, I was, I was talking to somebody about this other day. There's only ever been a handful of true freshmen I think I've ever seen at Auburn where physically when they were on the field, I was like, okay, that's different. And Braden Smith is always one of my big go-tos. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Davis at wide, for a wide receiver was like that. Marlon. Uh, uh, Marlon. Marlon. Yeah, Marlon and Derek were just like, oh, good good Lord. Um, yeah. And but but I you know Keldrick I, Keldrick's the first one kind of in a while I think where I've just looked at it as a true freshman you're like okay physically it looks like you've been doing this for a long time but right. you haven't and that and that should give you a head start when it comes to I mean because Hugh Free said it I think it was two weeks ago Ferg where he was like he was asked about the Jack position he's like yeah we're he's like we're not done recruiting it like <laughs> we we need more dudes yeah do do you think what do you think that sales pitch looks like because you can't go and get another Elijah McAllister, a guy that has one year left of eligibility. And then like, you can't even pitch like a future starting spot because Keldrick's here for three years. So what do you think that looks like? Do you say like, Hey, you're going to be a really important rotational piece. And if you're in the portal, like, is that, is that intriguing to you? I think if you, I think if you're a guy who's had a handful of sacks the last few years and you've been an established guy, you can definitely walk in and, 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 and get this job. You know, like here's the thing is that I <laughs> I don't want to – this is going to sound like a slam, and it's not. I, I don't want to, but look at L- Elijah McAllister's stats at Vanderbilt. This is a dude who just only had a handful of tackles for loss and sacks. Now, I'm not saying he's not going to have an impact, but he's also not this guy where it's like, you know, he, he's got all this – all this. like he, he reminds me a lot of a guy you just mentioned earlier, Marcus Bragg, a dude who will come in and, and fill a role for you, get in your rotation, and maybe give you some good plays. Sure. Some, and get some, some good roles. But if anybody drop, jumps into the transfer portal who is an outside linebacker, you know, stand-up defensive end type, 
and has had some really good numbers at the group five level or um, anywhere that's not the SEC unless they're a grad transfer, right. you can just sit here and say, hey, man, <laughs> we need you. You know, Eculiota, I think it would be a great example. If you could find a an Eculiota in the portal right now. Oh, you would um, take that in a heartbeat. You, yeah, you would do that and say, hey, you're, you're going to get as many opportunities as you can um, because um, right now your options are either young and very inexperienced or a guy like McAllister who um, is, is going to you know provide you leadership, provide you a really good role. But he's also not a guy who's gotten five, six, seven sacks a year in his career. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just not what what he's done to 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 this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for going for upside, but like, you got to have dudes for right now. Y- you literally just need bodies to to you know play the position. And yeah, yeah, I mean, M- McAllister is that to some extent, but like, he does have a thousand snaps, you know, mm-hmm. at Fandy, and you know, I, I think I, I think his floor is fine. I don't think his ceiling is anywhere near what Keldricks is, but. He's a player that I think you feel comfortable playing. Yeah, and can Auburn go and get two more of those guys? We'll um, we'll see if those guys are available. The talking point of this week has <laughs> been the wide receivers, <laughs> and they're here in the doubters, and um, we'll see how they respond. Ferg, we'll talk about that in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. The Built March Madness Bracket is here. We know you have a favorite Built Bar or Built Puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You can do it every day of March, so I guess we're about out of time. But when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked-on listeners will get a free box of Built, and one locked-on fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to their door. So once again, head over to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote on the action. So we all know the story up to this point, Ferg. Uh, Heather Dinich, uh, national ESPN writer covering college football, started her college tour, going to different practices. Looks like Auburn was her first stop. She put out a tweet being critical of the wide receivers, but like we said before we clicked record, it's the same stuff that Hugh Freeze and the coaching staff has been saying. It just felt a little different, um, but she said the same stuff that, um, that that Hugh Freeze was saying, and hey, maybe it was something that she was just reiterating that Coach Freeze told her directly. Uh, I don't think that would be a shock no. at all, but man, it really seems like those receivers heard it, and I mean, they're still tweeting about it, 42 hours after the fact. Yeah, it's it's motivation for sure, I think above all else. And and this is a group that I, I let's go back to let's go back to the actual tweet that Heather Dennett said because I think some people may be taking it out of proportion or so her tweet says Auburn football fans, you may need some um patience with your wide receivers. You know who I've heard talk about Auburn needing patience with their wide receivers right now? The coaching staff, because right now, and the, it, it's not that it's not that people are saying, "Oh, these dudes don't have talent." Oh, these dudes don't have a chance or anything. Like it's like they're learning everything now. This is an yeah. offense that is brand new to them, and you got to come back to the fact that, like, yeah, you any Auburn fan who looks at this roster realistically could sit here and say, "Yeah, the wide receivers going to need some work." Uh, zero Auburn receivers finished in the top fifty in the SEC in catches last year. That's wild. Uh, old, uh, your your leader in yards, Javarius Johnson, was outside the top twenty five in that area. So like, and tank tank led in receptions, right? Right. And yeah. so you, you had tank in receptions. You also had Johnson with Shaker get a lot of catches. Mm-hmm. This is a new offense. This is an offense that's going to go four wide a lot, and they're going to want to spread and flood it. That is going to be something for Auburn this year. Is just it, it, it comes with reps. Like these guys, 
don't know everything that they're doing right now and they're learning and they're adapting and they're doing all this stuff. I think it's going to be better for them. Right. I mean, talking to, you know, talking to, to Camden Brown on, on Wednesday, he was like, look, I had never been in a huddle until last year. And now we're back to not playing this no huddle stuff again. And I think it's, it's, it's better for, for my game. It's just, you gotta, you gotta rep it. This is what spring practice is for. And so, yeah, right now, it doesn't look great for the wide receivers. They're not just immediately going, oh, man, they're popping off the page. But a couple things. One, they're dealing with injuries, a lot of hamstrings, a lot of a lot of ankles, a lot of stuff like that. And then number two, your quarterback battle isn't necessarily, necessarily just firing on all cylinders at the moment. Those guys are learning. Those guys are developing. Yeah. There's a lot of competition there. And so, yeah, it's it doesn't look awesome uh, with the passing game at the moment. But that's why you have patience. This is what spring practice is for. This is what the summer is for. It's what fall camp is for. Um, that is a group that I think is going to – I mean, there's talent. There's real deal talent in that group. They just they just need some time to develop. And I think it's going to take a while. And I think we're going to even get into the season and say, okay, where are we going to see? Just keep making the those kind of steps. Uh, it's it's going to be a process. This is When you talk about rebuilding the Auburn football program under yeah. Hugh Freeze, the passing game I think is – Priority number one, that and recruiting, I think, are the two ones where you can say you got to change a lot from what you just saw the last couple of years. But again, not a ton of production coming back. And also, on top of that, this is a team that lost. This had back-to-back losing seasons. Like it's supposed to be, you know, a, a situation yeah. where you're building building back. Yeah, no, I think all that's well said, Ferg. I'm going to put you on the spot here. All right, if let's say they roll out a three wide receiver set, sure. Who are the starting receivers? Cantor Brown, Coy Moore, Javarius Johnson. Coy's on the outside. Javarius at the yes. slot. Uh, I would say I would say Coy. You're seeing Coy as a as the, yeah like a, in a smaller of the outside receivers, like the old flanker spot. Uh, mm-hmm. They told us it was interesting. Cantor Brown was saying the new positioning system on at wide receiver. You know, under Gus, you had the nines and the twos and the threes and the fives. Uh, they went to the traditional you know x x and z and y and all that. This year it's one, two, three, four, and it's left or right. I love one, that. On, one on the outside, two and three in the middle, four on the outside. So I, I would say that would probably be where I would go. Um, then there's some versatility in there. If you go four wide, I think that's where things get interesting because it's like do you kick a guy like Corey Moore on the inside and put Nick Martiner on the outside? Do you have another? That's what we've seen, in, right? In, in, yeah. in the short in the short amount of time. I mean, Martiner has been consistently the other big guy opposite Cam Brown. Yeah, and I, so and I guess I think, that would be the four because he's always on the far right side. Right, and I think that that's probably a, a good mix there. But I think Camden Brown is the guy to watch the most at wide receiver this year. I think the stock continues to go up with him. He's the guy everybody's talking about so highly. Sure. Um, Javarius Johnson brings a ton back uh, as your as your lead producer, and then Coy Moore as well. I mean, I think those guys. It's the leadership until we start seeing you know guys like Landon King and. Uh, you know, Tavares Dawson and and Jay Fair and Amari Kelly and those guys like take those big steps forward. Um, I think you lean on your experience, and Nick Marner plays into that as well as the transfer, and also lean on a guy in Camden Brown that it's just like you can't go anywhere and talk with anybody at wide receiver without mentioning just how good that dude looks. Right, right. Uh, Ferg, how can people check out everything that's going on with the Auburn Observer? AuburnObserver.com. Uh, sign up there. It is just forty dollars for your first year, so you're going to get all of football season, all of next basketball season for just forty bucks. It's the cheapest deal that we've given, and we're going to do that all the way until the end of eight day weekend. So you got plenty of time 
to sign up. But yeah, I mean, we've got a ton of stuff on there right now. What we talked about today, a lot of a lot of newsletters on that. Got a podcast out today. Got a mailbag out today. Uh, and then we'll be rolling. It's kind of hard to believe that next week we're going to be talking about like 8A and the end of spring practices. I know. Um, it. So it's a ton of stuff going on right now. AuburnObserver.com. You're going to want to sign up uh, here because we're putting out something pretty much every weekday uh, at, at 6 a.m. Central Time. It's worth it. It's worth it. And I'm paying full price. So yeah, jump on that uh, <laughs> that that special deal. You can find all my written work at AuburnDaily.com. And we will see you on Monday. This has been Locked on Auburn.